0: It's time for a brand new episode of The Lord of the Storm. I'm your Bible reading friend, Dan Parr, and we are going through the New Testament, one chapter at a time. Today, we are in Acts chapter 3. If you want to get your Bible and read along, I'm reading from my fantastic, easy to understand and read Bible, available at Amazon.com. In today's reading, what happened to Peter? Towards the end of the Gospel of Matthew, we saw him denying he even knows Jesus and now he's healing people, confronting them over their actions and boldly standing up and telling them how to be saved. What's changed about him? How did he do a complete 180? Acts chapter 3 has the answers. Let's pray. Father, thank you that you know what we need in our lives. As we turn to your word, help us to encounter you, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Acts 3 Peter and John were going up into the temple at 3 o'clock, the hour of prayer. A man who was lame from birth was being carried. Every day he was laid at the door of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask for money from those who entered. Seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, he asked them for money. Peter, looking directly at him with John, said, Look at us. He listened to them, expecting to receive something from them. But Peter said, I have no silver or gold, but what I have I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, get up and walk. He took him by the right hand and raised him up. Immediately his feet and his ankle bones received strength. Leaping up, he stood and began to walk. He went into the temple with him, walking, leaping, and praising God. All the people saw him walking and praising God. The people recognized him as the man who had been begging at the beautiful gate at the temple. They were filled with wonder and amazement at what happened to him. As the formerly lame man held on to Peter and John, all the people ran to them in the place called Solomon's Porch and were greatly wondering. When Peter saw it, he responded to the people, Men of Israel, why do you marvel at this man? Why do you look at us as though by our own power or godliness we made him walk? The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our fathers, has glorified his servant Jesus, who you handed over and denied in the presence of Pilate, even when he had determined to release him. But you denied the Holy and Righteous One and asked for a murderer to be released to you. And you killed the Prince of Life, who God has raised from the dead, to which we are witnesses. By faith in his name, this man, whom you see and know, has been made strong. Yes, the faith which is through Jesus has given him this perfect healing in your presence. Now, brothers, I know that you did this in ignorance, as did your rulers, But the things which God told us through all His prophets, that the Christ should suffer, He now has fulfilled. So repent, and turn again, so your sins will be wiped away, so that there may come times of refreshing from the presence of the Lord, and that He may send Christ Jesus, who is ordained before you, who will stay in heaven until its time for the restoration of all things, which God spoke of long ago through His holy prophets. For Moses said to the fathers, The Lord God will raise up a prophet for you from among your brothers like me. You shall listen to him in all things, whatever he says to you. It will be that every soul that will not listen to that prophet will be destroyed from among the people. Yes, and all the prophets from Samuel to those who followed, as many have spoken, they also told of these days. You are the children of the prophets of the covenant which God made with our fathers, saying to Abraham, All the families of the earth will be blessed through your offspring. Having raised up his servant Jesus, God sent him to you first to bless you, so that each of you would turn away from your wickedness. I imagine that this wasn't the first time that Peter saw this man who was lame since birth begging at the temple, since we're told he was there each day. There's no telling how many times Peter had walked by him, maybe even have given him some money at times, but today everything was different for Peter and soon for this man. This time, as Peter walks by, he tells him to look at them. Right off, there's something different, right? Often, when I see people standing on the corner asking for money, the last thing I want is eye contact. I don't want to look at them. I don't want them to look at me because then there's a connection. And my concern is that with this connection comes responsibility for me to do something. Now, don't get me wrong. I've handed them money before, but I really don't expect much to change in their lives when I do. I hope they'll use it to buy food or a place to stay for the night, but I fear they're just going to use it to fuel an addiction. But Peter says, look at us. Then he goes on to tell him, I don't have money, but I have what you need. In Jesus' name, get up and walk. And the man does. It's one thing when we see Jesus going around healing people, but now his disciples are doing it. Well, let me point out, God is doing it through his disciples. You know, I've wondered about this a lot. Why don't we see this happening anymore? I mean, Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever, so why don't we see people being healed? And I don't have an end all debate answer for this, but I think it has something to do with Peter's expectation and resources. First, he fully expected this man to be healed. He saw Jesus do it, and now he was just doing what Jesus did. Second, Peter had to rely completely on Jesus. He told the man, I don't have any money, but I know what you need and money isn't it. You need your legs to work. Get up and walk. If Peter had a couple hundred bucks on him, would we even have this story? Might he just have tossed the guy a few bucks and kept walking? I don't know, maybe. But I think two of the key things were he did what Jesus did with expectation of it happening. It was like it wasn't even a question that it wouldn't. And then also, he had to rely on Jesus instead of his own resources. And you know, things like this are still happening in the world. We get newsletters from missionaries who are working in poor or third world countries spreading the gospel, and they'll have stories about healings and deliverances and people coming to Christ. One of the differences is that they are relying on God's ability to meet the need rather than their own. When you have nothing, you cling to Jesus more tightly. Now, this isn't to say that having resources is bad. You know, someone is donating to help that missionary be able to pay the bills so they can be on the mission field. But I think there's something to expecting God to show up because you've got nothing else. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for meeting our needs. And we recognize that all good things come from you. Today, we pray that we would live in that spirit of expectancy, that we would just know you are going to show up when the need arises and provide. And we understand that sometimes we're looking for you to provide one thing when it's really something else that we need altogether. We don't want a dollar. We want our legs to work. So thank you for being a good father who gives us what we need, even when it's not for what we asked. Help us to live, breathe, and walk in you always. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you once again for spending this time with me in the word. I hope it's blessing you and helping you in your walk with the Lord. Well, that is it for this time, but we'll be back again soon with another episode. Thanks for listening. God bless.